Ah! Oh, sorry, Zach. Those are just a reenactment of the sounds I used to make when I nicked my balls using the wrong tools for the job. But now don't worry because I've got Manscaped. So uh, I've always got the right tools for the job. Whether you're, you know, uh, you know, trimming the old lawn or you're just trying to stay fresh for the day when you leave the house, Manscaped has it all. And even better, Manscaped will give you 20% off when you use the code DNVR20. Uh, and not to mention, you're going to get free shipping on whatever you order from them. So make sure you head over to Manscaped and check out everything they have to offer because I – you know, I don't say this often. I don't think about about it. I don't say this about everything, but I truly believe that uh, once you go Manscaped, you never go back. Uh, you'll realize that you've been missing missing out all along on the amazing products that they have and, and really, you know, not taking care of the family jewels the way you should. So check out Manscaped. Use the code DNVR. Broncos country is sitting Welcome in to the DNVR Broncos podcast presented by MSU Denver Online. Rigorous and affordable online programs taught by professors who bring the real world into the classroom. MSU Denver graduates use their relevant degrees to land coveted jobs. And what they do over there is really awesome. If you've been, you know, thinking of going back and getting your degree, maybe you're just getting started. Maybe you want, you know, a, a cheaper option to get your degree than going to a true uh, full, you know, four-year university. MSU Denver Online has all sorts of programs for you to get in and get out with that degree that you've been looking for. So check it out, msudenver.edu slash online. My boy, RK Fired Up Friday. Let's go, baby. little throwback edition on this Fired Up Friday. What's going on, brother? Not much, man. Just, uh, you know, just my blood is just boiling out of all every pore you know <laughs> it's a freaking pissed friday because cbs goes ahead and says they're ranking the 10 best nfl off seasons and, and right here in the main headline there's a huge issue zach it says raiders enter las vegas era on a high note and then brady's bucks take the top spot uh, okay that's fine but Raiders enter Las Vegas era on a high note. Zach, did they get Tom Brady or what are I, they doing? I think I think they meant to say on on a heater or something, just because it's so hot out in, in Las Vegas. I mean, that's the only thing that is hot for Vegas right now, right? Is literally the temperature, especially when you play in a black stadium that really brings the heat in. But I don't know anything about their off season that's been exciting. A high note. Maybe they went to the uh, Celine Dion concert. <laughs> there are some concerts in Vegas. In Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the high note we're talking about? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I'm looking at this list 
and all I can do is scratch my head. Honestly, there's kind of cases to be made for some of these people in here. Um, you know, some of these teams have had good off seasons, but there are two in here that are just absolutely positively perplexing. And maybe even more than that is the Broncos who I firmly believe should be in the top five of this. It, absolutely. Not, not even the top 10. We, we'd be freaking pissed if they were, you know, number seven on this list, l- let alone not included. Not included at all. Broncos, not in the top 10. And I'm realizing the writer here, and I'm, I'm sure he's a nice guy, uh, Josh <laughs> Edwards. Um, I'm, Josh. I, I'm realizing he has an obsession with backups and washed up old quarterbacks. Um, <laughs> because every time I go through here, there's some line about a backup quarterback, like, yeah, I guess it's nice. Let's just listen to the one on the Las Vegas Raiders here. Uh, General manager Mike Mayock and head coach John Gruden have done a great job of building that roster. As a whole, the team exceeded expectations last season. Weren't they last place in the division? <laughs> yeah, and they dropped they? from they dropped from second to either third or fourth at the end of the season. Okay. Uh, they Here we go. They arrived on the scene sooner than expected but are now building something sustainable. Not seeing that. The <laughs> linebacker unit had a hu- was a huge area of weakness, but they turned it into a strength by uh, signing Nick Kwiatkowski and uh, Corey Littleton. Okay. That, you know, those are two respectable signings. I think uh, we can agree on that, right? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think you meant uh, they signed linebacker Mike Wazowski and Corey yeah. Littleton. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, defensive tackle Malik Collins was an underrated signing. Did you know that, Zach? <laughs> no, no. Must have been, <laughs> must have been really underrated. <laughs> yeah, very underrated. Uh, so underrated, it didn't even make the radar. Um, but I, like, that might not even be one that Adam Schefter tweeted out. I don't think so. I think it was even <laughs> under his radar. Uh, okay, and then here we go. Backup quarterbacks. Marcus Mariota gives them another viable option to start and should minimally – apply pressure to Derek Carr. Uh, I guess if you think that Derek Carr is a viable option to start, it would make sense why you also think that Marcus Mariota is a viable option. <laughs> and just right there, if your quarterback situation is in a place where you can bring in a backup and that's going to put pressure on your starter, then it means you should have done something different with the quarterback position. You should have used a first-round pick on one. You should have signed Tom Brady. I mean, something that would make it so your backup isn't putting competition on your starter. Okay, so uh, somehow the, the Broncos do get a mention here, although it doesn't even – I believe this is – let me just make sure here real quick. Broncos. <laughs> right, the Broncos are not mentioned in the article previously. So, uh, incorrect use of uh, first reference here because he just says Denver, so it could be anyone. Um, John Denver? <laughs> Anyways, Las Vegas' strategy, along with Denver's on offense, is abundantly clear. It will be difficult slowing down Patrick Mahomes, so they needed a comparable output. After the failed trade for Antonio Brown in 2019, the Raiders added speed and ability through the draft. Alabama's Henry Ruggs, South Carolina's Brian Edwards, and Kentucky's Lynn Bowden Jr. 
on defense, the third round felt too early for the selection of Clemson outside uh, Tanner Muse. Is that a, is it supposed to say outside corner? <laughs> That's something. <laughs> uh, but the talent is undeniable. Cornerback Amik Robertson is a gritty player that should buy into the culture. The Raiders have had just one winning season since 2002. <laughs> Way to end it with just a real good selling point on the why last, they had a good offseason. <laughs> the last three sentences there just rip on the Raiders, <laughs> which I guess I respect. Um, so we're really going with uh, Mike Wazowski, Corey Littleton, Malik <laughs> Collins, Marcus, and Marcus Mariota as I guess top 10 moves there. And then Henry Ruggs, we like Henry Ruggs, uh, Brian Edwards, you and I hadn't talked about him much. I know the draft guys love Brian Edwards. And then we did like, uh, Lynn Bowden jr. So again, I'm not saying that nothing they did was good, but it does not stack up to what the Broncos did. And then, you know, he talks about how Tanner Muse was a reach. (laughs) Um, and I mean, they haven't had a winning season since 2002. I, I'm just going to be honest here, and maybe I'm um, exposing myself in one way. There's two players mentioned here that I've never even heard of uh, in uh, Malik Robertson and um, uh, oh, no, Malik Collins and Amik <laughs> Robertson. <laughs> I can't help you with that, Ryan. So, uh, you know, again, when you compare this with what the Broncos did, when you compare that with it adding – Graham Glasgow, uh, Melvin Gordon, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler. I'm just like looking at this and saying, how, how do you, did he just, I thought maybe he just forgot about the Broncos, but he did mention them, I think in that second paragraph. So I'm just, I I don't understand. It should be noted. The Raiders are ranked seventh. They didn't just barely sneak in. Right. No, no, we, I guess we got to see who's number 10th, but Ryan, here's what the Broncos did this offseason. Tell me how it compares to uh, the signing of Corey Littleton and the drafting of Henry Ruggs. Both, two, two very good players, I think. But that, those were the big two moves that the Raiders made this offseason. Uh, the Broncos added a five-time Pro Bowl defensive lineman and all-pro. The Broncos added a two-time Pro Bowl running back. The Broncos added a Pro Bowl and all-pro cornerback. The Broncos added... Uh, a guy who was borderline Pro Bowl guard last year. They added an All-American first-round wide receiver. They added a guy who is, many people have said, he runs a sub 4-3-40 at wide receiver. And they added an All-SEC national champion uh, starting center. And that yeah, and that's, that's not saying everything. <laughs> And that's not, and that's just, yeah, I was going to say, and that's, you know, you ended in the third round. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you added the, your quarterbacks, uh, one of his best friends and targets in college. Yeah. I mean, you go on down the list and I, you know, my first thought, I wasn't even, I was just thinking of signings. I didn't even think, I, I, I shouldn't say I didn't think of them, but I didn't even mention Jarrell Casey and AJ Boye. Like I, I he struggled to get two full paragraphs there on the Raiders before just going sour on them. <laughs> I promise he could have gotten two full paragraphs about what the Broncos did in the off season without needing to turn against them in the second half of the second paragraph. So where, where should the Broncos have been? I mean, we, we both said easily top five really without looking 
at the rest of the list, and I'm comfortable with that. I mean, what I just said, what we just went through, Ryan, is top five regardless of what other teams do. But where should they be? Because he has – let's just start with the top five. He has the Cleveland Browns at number five. (laughs) And uh, and in the first paragraph, we love our guy Jano. If only they could add 22 Janos. But in the first paragraph, Ryan, he's mentioning how they – upgraded and got this this fullback in Andy Janovich the first paragraph I mean Ryan if if I'm writing a first paragraph on the Broncos I got I got just what I said you know how many Pro Bowls did they add they added eight Pro Bowls this offseason uh they they added an All-American they added all of this stuff and he's going with they got a fullback yeah you know uh it's funny, though, because the Broncos traded the same amount for Jarrell Casey, that five-time <laughs> Pro Bowler that you mentioned, that the Browns did for Andy Janovich. It's true. <laughs> I guess he's saying he'd rather have Jano for that seventh. Uh, one, one thing that bothers me here, and, and this could work against the Broncos a little bit, he never talks about what teams lost in any of these. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, the Broncos did lose Derek Wolf. They replaced him with Jarrell Casey. They did lose – Chris Harris Jr. They replaced him with AJ Boye, so you know, I, I don't know. I, he he doesn't talk about what anyone lost in here, um, but you're right. You know, what's the Broncos equivalent of Jano? Andrew Beck? No, I'm saying like the signing, like Sam Martin, mm, a a yeah, starter, absolutely. Who you know <laughs> you're you're gonna use on a small percentage of plays and. That's exactly it. I mean, uh, a special teams all-star is what Jano is, and, uh, and yeah, a very small role player. I'm not trying to detract from, from Jano. He's a, an impactful player, but we think Sam Martin will be an impactful player as well. I'm just saying, like, Sam Martin doesn't even make the article. Right, exactly. And Andy is in uh, – Mr. Jano's in the first paragraph. So, okay, Cleveland's at five. Let's see what other teams um... – are ahead of the Broncos here. Got the 49ers. Uh, he mentions that they just paid Armstead and Jimmy Ward. Um, oh, here's a loss. He, he mentions in the first paragraph that they lost a former first-round pick <laughs> in DeForest Buckner. Okay. So what else did they do? Uh, uh, they also lost their starting left tackle in oh, Joe right. Staley. <laughs> right. That's mentioned in here, too. Of course, they did replace him with Trent Williams, and then he mentions the additions of Javon Kinlaw and Brandon Ayuk. Um, I have to say I'll – I don't know. I mean, I'll obviously take Jerry Judy over Ayuk. And then what would be the comparison there? Um, I guess you would say, like, you know, Javon Kinlaw or Jarrell Casey? Right. I, I think you probably would. And right. I'd, I, I, if someone's going to take um, – Javon Kinlaw, I'm not going to have a huge deal with that, but the Broncos did so much else besides just that one addition. What I have a problem right. here with the 49ers is, like you said, Ryan, a lot of this was just re-signing players and, and keeping players. To me, that doesn't say like, wow, look at how much better this team got. No, it, it, those aren't bad moves. Those are good moves to keep those players, but they didn't upgrade that much. Right. I would say the Broncos had a better draft than the 49ers. And so if you take out draft, which is unknown anyway, uh, the only addition that is mentioned here is Trent Williams. Right. Exactly. And that's a good move. 
Good move. And so, sure, they can be in the top five. They can be right after they, – they can be after the Broncos, though, in my opinion. Like, do we give the Broncos future credit for signing uh, Justin Simmons? Right. Because if we do, then well, – we, we haven't even talked about <laughs> right. Justin Simmons, of course, because they haven't signed him yet. But I just feel like just signing guys – Okay, so the Broncos should be ahead of the 49ers. Yep, I think so. Oh, uh, here's where this one's a little bit more interesting. Um yeah. although this one starts with two losses, so I guess he does sometimes mention changes. <laughs> My bad. Uh safety Tony Jefferson was released and offensive guard Marshall Yanda Yanda retired. In an auspicious start to the offseason that would eventually turn in their favor. Baltimore franchise tag linebacker Matt Judon, so I guess Bron- or Broncos do get credit for franchise. <laughs> right. Let's go. Is that a first? So w- let me ask you this. Would you mention franchise tagging Justin Simmons as the first move the Broncos made this offseason? He would be in the Sam, uh, Sam Martin conversation, which is not in the conversation. And Justin's a great player. But no, I, I wouldn't even be mentioning him just because the Broncos had so much else. Right. So I probably – throw um justin simmons in a final pair a third paragraph in which i just say the broncos also assured that justin simmons won't be going anywhere this season by signing or by franchise tagging him they also added uh you know an upgrade at punter in sam martin and uh a depth at defensive line with christian covington like you know like there's just this throw on paragraph at the end where you mention that they franchise tag justin simmons so that would be in your final paragraph as opposed to saying the Broncos haven't had a winning season since 2016. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, uh, so first move is a franchise tag. They acquired a defensive end Calais Campbell in a trade of the Jaguars. Great move. Yep. Uh, backup tight end Hayden Hurst was sent to Atlanta for the pick used to select running back J.K. Dobbins. I like that move too. Yep. Um, but it should be noted that they drafted Hayden Hurst before Lamar Jackson. Uh, dang that's crazy yeah uh the ravens added functional depth before completing what was widely regarded as one of the best draft classes in the nfl the crown jewels lsu inside linebacker patrick queen we like that move who will give the asc north franchise speed and physicality at the heart of the unit wide receiver devin duvernay inside linebacker malik harrison and defensive tackle justin matabuki and the aforementioned dobbins all have starting traits baltimore and quarterback lamar jackson have fallen in the opening round of the playoffs the past two years, a little shot in there. Uh, the <laughs> roster is nearly flawless, and the only opponent standing in their path is themselves. Maybe maybe we didn't want the Broncos to be listed in this because there, there probably would have been a lot of shots thrown just around at everyone. But Ryan, he's right. The, the Ravens had a fantastic draft. I, I love their draft. I think the Broncos also had a fantastic draft. I loved the Broncos draft. So to me, what, what I'm comparing – and, and I don't even need to compare drafts because the, the free agency and the rest of the offseason clear it up for me is uh, Calais Campbell, terrific. Maybe better than anything the Broncos did in free agency. If you want to make that case, it's hard to argue against. But that's it, is, is what he's saying. That, that's the only move where the Broncos made many, many good moves. So to me fairly easy again Broncos yep. above the Ravens and no, the Ravens should be should be right there in the top five I I totally agree with him but Broncos right there it, uh, not not right there above them so I think you can split hairs on who had the better draft um you probably give the benefit of the doubt to the Ravens just because they pretty much always nail the draft 
Um, so you give a slight edge to the Ravens in the draft, but like you said, we're not, I'm, I'm taking out franchise tagging Matt Judon. That's not worth anything to me. No. So the only move here is Calais Campbell being acquired in a trade. Um, that doesn't have to do with the draft. That's a nice move. The first sentence is about two good players that they lost. (laughs) And so you're minus two plus one, and the plus one's a really good plus one. Um, But it's not all that different from the addition of Jarrell Casey. I would say it's a better signing. Uh, But, you know, if we're – I don't know. I don't know what scale we're using here. If we want to call Calais Campbell – a nine signing, then would you – or trade. Then would you call the Jarrell Casey trade an eight? Yeah, sure. I mean, at worst, it's an eight. I mean, just, okay. just maybe a tick below. So the Broncos only have to make up one point for everything else they did in the offseason. <laughs> exactly. And we'll even give them an extra point for the draft. And then, again, Melvin Gordon, A.J. Boye, Graham Glasgow, you know. Yep, yep. Right okay, there, you're leaps and bounds higher. Hey, Broncos are up to number three. Uh, Arizona Cardinals, my Cardinals. He goes, uh, short one here. Arizona swindled Houston into taking running back David Johnson's contract and were able to get wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins in return. That's probably the best move of the entire offseason. Yep, I think for so. Anyone. Yep. I mean, and the just, worst move for the other team. Right, right. They just absolutely fleeced the hell <laughs> yep. out of Houston. Okay. Uh, they retained offensive tackle DJ Humphreys. What do you know about him? Uh, nothing and it's a re-signing so I don't like that <laughs> also like one of the big problems with the Cardinals last year was their offensive line I was gonna say hasn't it been terrible <laughs> yeah uh, they almost got Josh Rosen killed <laughs> um running back Kenyon Drake and wide receiver Larry oh this is more re-signings running back Kenyon Drake and wide receiver Larry Fitzgerald before signing outside linebackers Devondre Campbell and Devin Kennard Everyone says you win the offseason if you sign Devondre Campbell and Devin Kennard. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Uh, just take a wild stab. How many Pro Bowls between Devondre Campbell and Devin Kennard? I'm going zero. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right there. Oh, man. Roster, roster improvement continued through the 2020 draft. Clemson linebacker Isaiah Simmons, we love him. Uh, running back Eno Benjamin, I love him. Offensive tackle, Josh Jones, Dre loves him. Could develop into starters as well. The Cardinals showed a lot of growth last season, but they are poised to take another step forward within the NFC West. Okay. I agree with most things he said here, except for the big signings of Devondre Campbell and (laughs) and Devin Kennard. Um, So the Hopkins move is a 10 out of 10. Um, Absolutely killed it. We're – I don't know how to count these re-signings other than just give him a little pat on the back, say, like, good job. You kept Kenyon Drake. He's a good player. He was really good in that offense last season. Larry Fitz, I'm sorry. Good locker room presence. You're sorry, but you bench him every uh, every time yeah. in Madden. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I don't want to say this is a nothing signing, but it's a um, – it didn't improve the roster. In fact, you know, history would tell us Larry, Larry Fitzgerald can only get worse. Right. Yeah, that's oh. true. Okay, so let's go to the draft. Uh, Clemson linebacker Isaiah Simmons 
Eno Benjamin, Josh Jones, three mentioned, really good players. Eno Benjamin is a seventh round pick, I should mention, and I'm I'm super high on him uh, for being that low. But <clears throat> it's Isaiah Simmons and Josh Jones, and then you know uh, a a development or a uh, a sleeper pick. Right. I still I go Broncos draft over Cardinals draft. I, I do too. And one thing that should be prefaced here for any Cardinals fans listening to this is I think the Broncos had one of the, the best drafts, if not the best draft in the draft. So just saying that the Broncos did better doesn't mean that the Cardinals wasn't a good draft. They got a heck of a player in Isaiah Simmons. There's no question about that. I do like Josh Jones where they got him. So they had a good draft. The Broncos had a better draft. So give me the Broncos draft and Ryan, we can say the exact same thing about the Cardinals' um, off-season moves outside of the draft that we did with the Ravens. Okay, so you want to say that the rate that that the Cardinals had the best move in the off-season, so it has to be better than anything the Broncos did single-handedly. Sure. Okay, so we'll give them a ten, and then we, where do we put Jarrell Casey at an eight, and then you just add the other things up, and it goes way past the ten, and we're giving them the nod in the draft. So. Easy one. I mean, I have the Broncos at two right now, and I feel like we have some pretty fair logic going into this. So uh, just for what it's worth, I I wanted to make sure we weren't missing something on Devondre (laughs) Campbell. Uh, A fourth-round pick of the Falcons in 2016. So he played out his four years there. They didn't re-sign him. Um, Outside, you know, outside linebacker. So we're thinking some sack. It's got to be some sack here, right? Absolutely. Uh, Five and a half sacks in four seasons. Total? Um, total. No. <laughs> total. 363 wow. tackles. That I've, I feel like that's quite a bit, but I mean, it's, you know, uh, a little under 100 a season. Yeah. Yeah. Solid. Um, five, four, five forced fumbles is pretty impressive. Yeah, that is, that is good. Um, Jarrell Casey had pretty much five and a half sacks last year. Did he not? I think he did. Yeah. Did he have five? It, it might have been five. All right. Let me just make, and make by sure. By the way, that was, a, that was a disappointing season from Durrell. Right. Let me just make sure we're not missing anything on uh, Devin Kennard. Um, just, you know, first, first paragraph mentioned. So I just <laughs> yeah, we, sure. we got to make sure we know the first paragraph, guys. Okay. Uh, fifth round pick in 2014 by the New York Giants. The Cardinals will be his third team in the NFL. Mm, um, yep. Uh, much better production in two more years in, what is that, six NFL seasons? Yep. We are up to 23 and a half sacks. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, that's, what does that break down to? Four per year. Four, four per year. Uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> From an outside backer. Really, yeah, not going to really – cut it i don't think less tackles actually than uh devondre campbell in in two more years mm, yikes so also less less forced fumbles wow and less interceptions von miller had maybe the most disappointing year of his career and obviously we're talking about the number two overall pick compared to a fourth and fifth rounder but he had the most disappointing year of his career that that he played a full season for last year and he had probably the same number of sacks that those guys had combined. Uh, yeah, yes, for sure. Uh, okay, so Broncos are up to number two, right? Number two, yep. 
All right, that leaves us to the very top-ranked team here. And I have a feeling this is going to come down to one – our opinion on one thing. <laughs> the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're starting with a couple of re-signings here. Buccaneers brought back Jason Pierre-Paul, defensive tackle and Dominican Sue, and linebacker Shaq Barrett. Those are all really good players. Uh, or at least Sue has been in the past. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Great, great re-signings. But again, I got to just put a re-signing where it is, and that's not that valuable. Exactly. It's just something you need to do, right? You, right. You have to retain your talent. Exactly. Uh, and it's fair to say that Broncos let some talent go out the door, and Chris Harris Jr. and Derek Wolf. Am I missing anyone else that, that is important? Uh, Connor McGovern? Right. Colby Wadman. I think I saw Colby Wadman at the driving range yesterday. Oh, wow. He hasn't left town. I, I don't know. I don't think he – Yeah, well, I assume he doesn't have another job yet, so. Yeah, I guess why move if you don't have to? I think it was him. I, I, I didn't want to <laughs> – I, I feel like it makes sense for a punter who's out of a job also to be at the driving range. I would think so, yeah. Not, not that being at the driving range is a bad thing. I just the, – the dots were <laughs> – um, he was wearing like a hat and sunglasses, which made it harder for me to know for sure. Good swing? Uh, I didn't see. I, didn't ah, see. I just okay. was walking through. <laughs> uh, okay. So we're still on re-signings. Uh, those three played an integral role in a defense that exceeded expectations in 2019. Wait, first up, Ryan, I got to stop you. How is this next guy's name not the, f- <laughs> not the first two words that are mentioned here? It should be its own paragraph. <laughs> yes. It, it, you just, just say this, the, this next quarterback's name and just be done with your argument. Well, just type T-O-M space B-R-A-D-Y period, <laughs> enter, enter. Uh, exactly. And move on to the next part of the article. <laughs> yes. Okay. Tampa Bay then added a few characters that built their reputations elsewhere, which is like, kind of feels like a little bit of a dig. Uh, Quarterback Tom Brady and tight end Rob Gronkowski. Yeah. Yeah. They did. They did that. I I guess if we're putting that at the end of the first paragraph, they did that. And it's, we know, we assume that that will be very impactful to their team. Yeah. That's the goal. At least not an end of first paragraph type of thing. Okay. The assembly of the roster continued through the draft. Iowa tackle Tristan Wirfs, we like, fall to the, fell to them in the teens. Running backs Keyshawn Vaughn and Raymond Calais will bring a new look to the offense. Keyshawn Vaughn is a player I like as well. Wide receiver Tyler Johnson was a consistent producer for the Gophers. What is this guy's deal with not understanding how to do first reference? There's no way that, that the <laughs> right? Minnesota Golden Gophers have already been mentioned no. in this article <laughs> no. as we're only in the second paragraph. No, certainly not. <laughs> Safety Antoine Winfield Jr. plays a similar style to his father, who played 14 seasons with the Bills and Vikings. That seems to matter. Uh, <laughs> Tampa Bay has not won their division since 2007. <laughs> they should New Orleans this year. Wow. He's giving them the Raiders treatment here. I love it. I, re- I really want to have this guy. I want to see what he would have wrote about the Broncos. <laughs> I feel like it would have been like 
The Broncos uh, have missed the playoffs for three straight seasons and had three consecutive losing seasons, something they never did when Pat Bowen was around. They also hired Vance Joseph a few years back, which was a terrible move. Anyways, they were able to acquire Jarrell Casey via trade and franchise tag Justin Simmons. Uh, okay. So that's the whole thing there. I, I got to say, I, I didn't want to do this, Ryan. Because I didn't just want to look at it from, you know, pro Broncos perspective and do this. But with the way this guy made the case for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I got to put the Broncos at number one. I I mean, this is such a bad case. I mean, there's, I think a better debater might be able to make (laughs) a case for why a different team had a better offseason than the Broncos. But none of these, and I guess we can go back to 8, 9, 10 and see if there's a team that maybe he poorly ranked that maybe should have been higher than the Broncos, but no one has even come close, in my opinion. So let's, again, re-signings, I'll give, like, I'll give some points for that. I just don't know how many. Um, so it's Brady, <clears throat> Gronk, and Tristan Wirfs, I, I feel like, are the big additions here. Yep. And versus, first, what what were you gonna say? No, 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 no. Yeah, do the verses. Yeah, and you're uh, versus Melvin Gordon, Jarrell Casey, AJ Boye, Graham Glasgow. I guess we're counting franchise tagging Justin Simmons because we care about keeping people. Um, Shelby Harris. We haven't even talked about Shelby Harris. <laughs> and if we're throwing because, Tristan Wirfs in there, talk about Jerry Judy. Right. Well, I'm just saying we haven't talked about Shelby Harris because we're not even counting re-signings. Right. <laughs> yep. Yep. Which I guess count, but that only helps the Broncos. They got like the deal of the century on Shelby Harris. Okay. Uh, and then you throw in Jerry Judy and, you know, KJ Hamler, Lloyd Cushenberry. We haven't even talked about Michael Ojemudia because, again, a lot of these things are unknown once you get past the first couple of rounds. But there's no way – that you lose that debate against the Bucks, Unless you I mean, go – if you go positional value and yeah. – well, if you go positional value, then, then there you go. Um, but you're also – like, to give them first place, you have to just assume that Tom Brady is still really great. Yep. And I, I'm not there. I think that Tom Brady is fast – is declining rapidly. So, so what do you – what do you think about Gronk? Yeah, I mean, he didn't – play football last year the chance of Gronk playing 16 games and playing into the postseason is so slim um I I actually think Gronk is gonna really produce um I think he has a chance to to really be like a great fantasy option but it's a good I guess it was a trade wasn't it yeah a good trade acquisition um so it really comes down to, like, do you think Tom Brady is so good? And I'm just – I'm not there. Uh, so it, someone could probably make the case and just, like, pull out a bunch of Brady stats and things like that that are hard to argue with. And you just say, like, okay, if you think that Brady is going to be a, pro, you know, I don't know, a Pro Bowl quarterback this year, here's something that's, that's easy to forget, though. The Buck. Buccaneers quarterback last year threw for 5,000 yards and 30 touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not too bad. He obviously threw 30 interceptions as well, or 
was it exactly 30-30 or? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, he also threw for, for 30 interceptions as well. But so, like, but what if Tom Brady throws for, like, 4,100 yards, 22 interceptions, 14 touchdowns? Like, how much better is that, really? Wait, flip 22 touchdowns, 14 picks? Yeah, yeah, 22 touchdowns, 14 picks. Right. I mean, that, that's, that's the question. It, and is Bruce Arians at the end of the year going to be saying, oh, if we can win with this guy, we can win with anyone? <laughs> He's like, look, if I can win with a zombie <laughs> who's left the grave to come to the football field, I feel like I can do it with anyone. Again, a lot is to be seen with Brady. If Brady surges and we're like, wow, the Patriots are idiots for never giving him weapons this good, which – I don't think it's going to happen, but if it happened, I wouldn't say, like, wow, that's the most shocking thing ever, that Tom Brady was given Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Rob Gronkowski and, you know, I feel like I'm even forgetting one of their good weapons. And he produced a bunch. I'm not going to say, like, this is an absolute – this is crazy. But I also won't be surprised if Brady just puts up regular numbers and – you know, the the Buccaneers win games because he makes clutch plays. But I just – I don't think – this this debate – there's there might be a debate out there. This debate does not beat our debate for the Broncos. I, not this one. I mean, heck, the, the, the case you just made for the Bucs, which wasn't a pro-Bucs case, was better than the case he made, which was supposed to be pro-Bucs. And the – the Bucks have the highest ceiling with their offseason. There's no doubt about it because they got the quarterback. They got a Hall of Fame tight end, and they got a potential left tackle of the future. It, those three things right there, maybe it, the, the, the tight end gets put to the side, but those other two things are the most valuable things in, in football. So if they hit on those, then it doesn't really matter how good Jarrell Casey is or A.J. Boye is because you're not going to be better that, than that and what they got – but there's also a pretty low floor on these guys. What if Gronk plays four games and then says, ah, uh, yeah, retirement's more of my thing. I'm out. See ya. Uh, and what if Tom continues to significantly regress where I don't think that'll happen. But if someone were to tell me Tom does regress this year, I'm not like, what? No. <laughs> like, yeah, that's easy, easy to believe. So there's a low floor here. And again, if you believe – you're right, Ryan, you're right. If you think Tom Brady is going to be successful, then you probably have them number one. I do think he's going to be successful, so maybe I put them number one over the Broncos. But it's uh, you have to think right that, there. You have to think that, like, Brady's going to be, like, Manning to the Broncos level quality. And Manning, to, when he went to the Broncos, I believe it was 36 or 37. Right. We're five years past that with Tom Brady. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what is he? Is he the 2012 Manning? Is he the 2013 Manning? I don't believe he's going to be that. Is he the 2014 Manning? I think that's probably right around where he's going to be. Is the 2014 I Manning. I don't remember much about 2014. That's like a, a blind spot for me. He, Peyton was MVP caliber the first half of the season. And I mean, just pretty not not continuing where he left off in 2013, but I mean, really good. And then fell off, and that's re- where the decline truly started. Was in right. He got a, he had an injury, like a slight was yep. a foot thing yep. that he had going on. Right. 
Yeah. Um, or thumb. Maybe there's a thumb thing as well. Yeah. Um, and then that was the season that, of course, like the John Fox and Jack Del Rio were both playing, you know, planning their exits. Bad. I mean, how do you do that with Peyton Manning as your quarterback going into the playoffs? I would be afraid to do that with Peyton around. Like, oh, if Peyton finds out, if Peyton picks up, if Peyton notices that I'm not putting as much effort in, I'm dead. Yeah, seriously. Okay, I just wanted to go back to 8, 9, 10 to make sure there was nothing I was missing here. Um, the Saints, you know, he mentions Jameis Winston in the first sentence, so that tells you that. Uh, <laughs> we're talking about backup quarterbacks. Um, uh, other things mentioned in here is that um, – uh, a Pro Bowl offensive guard, Larry Warford, was released. Oh, uh, <laughs> good, good. Uh, but they did get younger, he says, with Michigan center Cesar Ruiz. Oh. So that, good for them. Emmanuel Sanders, of course, mentioned, he says the, it's their first reliable second option since Jimmy Graham. First reliable second option. Okay, doing some hoops there. So they got a number two receiver. Right, and also, like, is that true? I feel like they've had lots of weapons around <laughs> i would certainly think so all right um also really quick why is drew Brees working out in denver i don't know i guess the pressure of being the best drew in a city was weighing <laughs> on him so he wanted to go somewhere where he could be the second best drew <laughs> there we go <laughs> um okay chargers uh, uh, the chargers you know what Right behind here, he has the Colts at number 10, and he really boosts up Phillip Rivers. Mm. Um, the Chargers lost Phillip Rivers. <laughs> I feel like if you're making the case for old quarterbacks, as he did in the number one ranking here, <laughs> losing an old quarterback who's been good for a long time shouldn't get you into the top 10. But anyways, he says uh, the Chargers won the exchange of offensive tackle Russell Okung for offensive guard uh, Trey Turner. In fact, most of the legwork was done before the 2020 NFL draft. The retention, oh, here we go with retention. Oh, no. Of running back Austin Eckler and tight end Hunter Henry was key. Okay. General manager Tom Telesco, close friend of Zach Stevens, <laughs> one of the most intriguing defenses by adding veterans Chris Harris Jr. and Linval Joseph, as well as rookie linebacker Kenneth Murray. So, okay, well, I'll just finish. Running back Joshua Kelly, wide receiver K.J. Hill, and wide receiver Joe Reed are all value choices. The real prize could be Oregon quarterback Justin Herbert. If Herbert is able to develop into a franchise quarterback, then it will be accepted as one of the best – appreciated as one of the best drafts in franchise history. Offensive tackle Brian Bulaga was critical signing for the offensive line. There are still concerns about quarterback and left – I believe he meant to say tackle. <laughs> like left play. <laughs> that makes it sound like something you do on the weekends or something. All right. Look, look. Uh, you know, uh, editors has become a lost art in 2020. And I'm sure, you know, you can find an error here and there on any website, including ours. But I found like six in this one already. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> it's on um, uh, anyways okay uh so what are we talking about here uh, uh the trade that sent out your left tackle and brought in a guard yep uh the, the re-signings of austin eckler and hunter henry yep both good re-signings but they're re-signings so i weigh them much significantly less yep chris harris jr of course we love chris although he certainly is declining yep it's, it's only fair yep. linval joseph and then we go to rookies. 
Um, we're talking about Joe Reed. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> Justin Herbert is kind of like what he's saying is like the be- I think he's calling that the best move here. I think so. And my biggest problem with it is he says the word could, you know, if he develops. Well, sure. Yeah, if he develops, that, that's great. And with Justin Herbert, I think that is a pretty significant if. You know, if, if, this, if this was Tua, which they were one spot away from, then I'm saying, yeah, that let's, Brian, the, the Chargers should be in the top 10, uh, probably, or no, no doubt. If it's Joe Burrow, then I understand it's the number one quarterback. This was the third quarterback taken at a premium spot. Yeah, and, like, if you want to play the could game, you just say, like, Jerry Judy could develop into the best wide receiver in Broncos history. Right, exactly, of all time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so you can't really play the could game. Um, and you can always do that with a quarterback. Like, who's a team that picked a quarterback in, like, the fifth round? None are coming to my mind, but. You know who else drafted the third quarterback in the first round one time? Yeah, the Broncos. His name yeah. is Paxton Lynch. And if, if Paxton Lynch – developed into the the best quarterback in franchise history well then we would look back on the 2016 draft and say hot damn that was the best draft they've ever had yeah again yeah i i'm with you if you get Tua or joe burrow i'm saying like okay yeah you can play you can kind of play the could game here and project a little bit but it it should all you know it it should be noted that both Tua and Joe Burrow are like national championship caliber players. Justin Herbert never even got a team to the college football playoff as far as I remember. And I don't think I'm misremembering anything. No, no, you're right. Am I? I don't, I don't think I am. No, I might be. <laughs> I don't think uh, you are. Okay. Uh, we might as well just finish the job here. We've talked about every team. <laughs> so uh, we'll go with number 10, the Indianapolis Colts. Oh no. This first sentence is bad. <laughs> the final spot essentially came down to the Cowboys and Colts. That just reminded me, how are the Cowboys not in here? Right, right. Well, and so this also means the Broncos weren't in the top 11. Right, that's true. <laughs> um, okay, Indianapolis received a boost with the early return of left tackle Anthony Costanzo. Got a re-signing. Uh, who strongly considered retirement. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Oh, my God. They added a veteran quarterback, Philip Rivers, with familiarity of Frank Reich's system and traded for Pro Bowl defensive tackle DeForest Buckner. One and a half good moves. (laughs) General manager Chris Ballard drastically upgraded some areas of weakness. If Xavier Rhodes can show some semblance of his all-pro talent, the defense will take a massive step forward. Didn't um, Cortland Sutton just absolutely body Xavier Rhodes? He did. He did. And another word that we're using there, if. I don't like that. Right, right. And I guess we're playing a little if with A.J. Boye as well. But Sure. Yeah, that's he's fair. He's like the third or fourth person you mentioned. Right. Um, the work continued in the 2020 NFL draft. The team did well to surround Rivers with talent. Wisconsin running back Jonathan Taylor and UFC, USC wide receiver Michael Pittman Jr. were greater additions in round two. Uh, Ball State offensive guard Danny Pinter, Utah safety Justin Blackman, and Washington quarterback Jacob Eason are all potential future starters. Wow. I mean, we're diving into uh, non-top picks in the draft to give, uh, again, another if, if they're future starters. Right. I mean, 
Justin Strenad and um, <laughs> Natani Muti, our potential future star, you know? Like, yeah. We haven't yeah. even talked about them. Um, did they not have a first-round pick? Does that is that? I th- yes, because they traded it for DeForest Buckner. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Good so trade. that, that it, it, it was a good trade, but that also hurts their draft class, you know? It does bring their draft class down because you, you didn't get to add a first-round player. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I actually think the Colts might belong in this conversation. I think I they're think. actually too low. Yeah, um, but I think so definitely, too. definitely not above the Broncos. So get the Chargers the hell out of here. Uh, get the Raiders the hell out of here and bring in the Cowboys and Broncos. Yep. Move the Colts up, move the Broncos all the way to one or two, and you might have a decent list. Yeah, it, exactly. And I guess there's one team we didn't talk about, the New York Jets sitting there at six, squished in between the top five oh uh, and, and, and the Raiders. And yeah, I'm, I'm you know, cleaning my eyes to make sure that I'm seeing this right. Um, they got Mackay Becton, who some people love, some people hate. And uh, Connor McGovern is mentioned in here. Ryan, that's one of the players the Broncos lost. And my question Hold to you the- is... I was just going to say, the first signing mentioned is offensive tackle George Fant, who is not good at all. (laughs) Like, he might be objectively bad. Well, yeah, and that's kind of what what I was going to ask you with this was, would you rather have Lloyd Cushenberry on his rookie deal or Connor McGovern for three years, $27 million? I mean, it's not even close for me. Someone might be able to make a case. You know, I don't want to be full on you know, crazy here, but I don't think, um, I don't think it's that big of a difference, even if you want to go team McGovern. Yeah. I would way rather have Lloyd Cushenberry on a rookie deal than Connor McGovern for, for $9 million. So that is just, I mean, and that, that's the first signings mentioned along with uh, offensive tackle, George Fant and offensive guard, Alex Lewis and Greg Van Roten. Yeah, or Craig Van Rotten. <laughs> okay, I just want to tell you a little something about George Fant, who is the first acquisition <laughs> mentioned here. Now, we know that PFF is high on Garrett Bowles, right? Yep. They've got him ranked as a 76. Okay, okay. So, you know, even where, – where do you think he should be? Down 70, 67, 68, 69? Yeah, yeah. Okay. George Fant is a 62. Holy cow. <laughs> they are telling you that this guy is like 25% worse than Garrett Bowles. Wow. How, how is New York going to embrace him? <laughs> I don't know, man, but I think he's right up there. Um, I think I recognize his name because he's right up there with Garrett Bowles in terms of holding penalties. <laughs> and a worse grade. Yeah, and he was also on my Madden team for a while, and he's rated like a 67. So I'd help on your bench. Yeah, well, not <laughs> things were rough at the beginning. Of, <laughs> but, you know, much improvements have been made since then. By the way, uh, nice little win for me last night, 35-14. Let's go. Hey, there you go. <laughs> um. Okay, so that one, they, they have no business being here. 
No. Um, you want to throw in LaMichael P. Ryan, Jabari Zuniga, uh, Ashton Davis, Cameron Clark, Denzel Mims, Bryce Hall. We like Bryce Hall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but still, no. I mean, not, not compared to the Broncos draft class. So just throw the Jets out of this. We have offensive guard Alex Lewis mentioned here. Um, he is most noted for he was arrested in Boulder and uh, told the police that he had taken, I believe, 22 shots. Oh, my gosh. No way. <laughs> Wait, he, he's clearly not a buff. Uh, actually, he was, and then he transferred. Guess where he transferred? To Nebraska. He did transfer. Oh, no way. <laughs> Let me just make sure I get the right number of shots here. Oh, my gosh. Come on. How can it not be in the article, the first article that I clicked on? That was the best part of his arrest. <laughs> Going to have to go to another article here. Wow. Yeah, how is that just not the headline? I know, right? Exactly. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. All right. This, this is good. I, I misremembered the, the shots, but I really like the variety here. <laughs> he told police he estimated that he drank six glasses of wine, 10 beers, and six shots of alcohol. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that's 20. That adds up to that 22. That is 22. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I had the number correct. Oh, that sounds like quite a hangover. <laughs> Also, why is he counting once he gets to that number? <laughs> and it wasn't I mean, just like I had 10 of, 10 of everything. It was, it was precise numbers. It's like a high school girl who has a Sharpie and is doing tallies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, not as funny that there was like an assault involved. And, oh, you know, like yeah. All sorts of yeah. Fun, not fun things. But He's like, and on my, my left arm, I do the wine. My right arm, I do the shots. And on my leg, I do the cocktails. Six glasses of wine, 10 beers, and six shots of alcohol. Is that one and a half bottles of wine? Is right about four glasses in a yep. bottle? <laughs> yep. <laughs> one and a half bottles of wine, uh, uh, five-sixths of a 12-pack. And six shots. Oh my gosh! It'd be funny if he if he brought all of that over in those exact amounts. <laughs> it's all like measured out by ounces. <laughs> and uh, that that gets you in the top ten though of uh, off seasons if you sign him. Se- yeah, second named uh, acquisition. Yeah. Wow. And actually, he's been a pretty decent NFL player, so that should be mentioned. But <laughs> anyways, um, <laughs> clearly bad judgment. Not because of the drinking, but because he transferred from CU to Nebraska. <laughs> of course. Okay, that wraps uh, – that, that's it. Um, I honestly have not – like, I thought this was going to be bad, and I had not read it yet. It was like 10 times worse than I thought it would be. Exact same thing. I knew the Broncos should be in there. I didn't need to see who was in there and who wasn't in there to know the Broncos should be in there. And I knew they should be in the top five. But number one or number two, come on. That is absurd. And they weren't even in the top 11, let's remember. Will someone remind me to revisit this after the season and like (laughs) – just like – add up the the you know contributions of the george fans of the world to their team <laughs> we're gonna have a uh, a lot to come back on after the season seriously we got to keep the receipts 
All right. Uh, one thing that you will not have to keep the receipt with for because you'll never need to return it is Breckenridge Brews. Friday night it snuck up. Did this week did this week go by fast for you? It did. Blew by. Yeah, Friday just snuck up on us, which means it's time for a little Breck Brew Friday. Uh, you know, go down to your local liquor store, maybe it's Davidson's, and get yourself 15-can sampler, maybe the 15-can Mile High City, 15-can Strawberry Sky, maybe a 15-can of Strawberry Sky and Hot Peak, and then you can have uh, 15 RK specials. Uh, or, or no, you can have 30 RK specials. So that sounds like a heck of a weekend. It does sound like a heck of a weekend. Now space them out. Don't don't go all Alex Lewis on us. <laughs> space them out. You know, maybe if you're you can have you can probably space out ten per day of there the weekend. We, Friday, Saturday, <laughs> Sunday. There we go. You should make sure you know uh, one every couple hours. <laughs> exactly. Start start right now too. Yeah, you know, wake up in the middle of the night, <laughs> pour one, chug it, go back to sleep. <laughs> It'll help you sleep. <laughs> a little sleep medicine. Uh, anyways, make sure you check out Breck Brews. They're amazing. If you haven't had them yet, what the hell have you been waiting for? We've actually been looking back on all of you who have met, messaged us saying you've had it, and there are thousands of you. So I assume all of you have by now, but if you haven't, let's get going. And guys, we are one month away from sports returning, and I can't freaking wait. But that's still a month to fill your time. And of course, when you're not listening to this podcast and leaving your comments here, you got to fill your time with something. And we know you all love sports, so why not fill it with Colorado Raptors? And you guys can learn everything about the Raptors and rugby itself on thednvr.com. Our guy Colton Strickler is breaking down the game, telling you everything you need to know about the Raptors and rugby itself uh, through Twitter. So follow him on Twitter at DNVR Raptors and also follow Colton Strickler on Twitter. Um, also on the podcast, the DNVR Raptors podcast, he's doing basic 101 pods to break down the team and the game. And make sure that you go to thednvr.com and check out that Raptors coverage because we've got one month until things really ramp up. So fill your time with something and learn a new sport and get a new favorite team. All right, let's jump into the comments. That was some of the most fun I've had in the first segment in a long time. <laughs> Hopefully uh, the comments could live up to it because that was awesome. I agree. Uh, <clears throat> all right, let's go here to – oh, lost my spot here. Um, Broncos for life, 58, right? Yep, bingo. All right, guys, 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 it's simple. The hardest player to cover in the NFL is Julio Jones. He is a freak athlete with the speed and strength and the hands and the vert all in one freakishly scary package. The dude is a monster. Uh, you can make that case easily. Yeah, e e easily. And I, I don't know what it is about Julio Jones. Is it that he's just so good and has always been so good that he almost goes under the radar? Yeah, and I also think the Falcons host Kyle Shanahan have done a terrible job of getting the ball in his hands as much as they should. Yeah, they, they really have. I mean, just, yeah. And he still puts I mean, again, up all the he's numbers. 1,300 yards last year. So, like, it's not like he's not getting the ball. I just – I feel like he's knocking the ball in as many dangerous positions and you're just not seeing him. Maybe he does dominate and we just don't notice it. I don't know. It just doesn't feel like it. Yeah. It's, it's very weird, but you're, you're right. Broncos for life 58. He's extremely good and dangerous without a doubt. I'll be honest though. 
Now, I let's be very clear. I have zero chance against either of these players. <laughs> but I would rather try to guard Julio Jones than Tyreek Hill. Oh, yeah. Yeah, be, because, I mean, I just know that I have a better chance of keeping up with Julio than Tyreek. Which you have no chance of keeping up with either. <laughs> right, but a better <laughs> chance. <laughs> you do have a slightly better chance. The facts support you on that. You do have a slightly better chance. I don't know. Like The physicality just isn't as scary to me as the straight line speed. I think when, when a defensive coordinator games plan, game plans for these two, they say Julio Jones is the best receiver in the game right now. So that's let's start with that. And I think when they game plan for Tyreek Hill, they say he is the most dangerous weapon in the NFL right now. And I think they would rather play the guy that's the best receiver in the NFL than the most dangerous weapon. It's just Julio – you're not worried about Julio scoring on every play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you are. I mean, if the ball is in Tyree Kill's hands, you're worried that he's going to the end zone. Yep. Yep. Without a doubt. But man, that that's a fun conversation right there. Next one from yeah, York. He made a better he made a better case in those three sentences <laughs> than Josh Edwards did in his entire article. <laughs> Yorkshire Broncos says, hey guys, big Broncos fan, of course, but I'm here to announce that 30 years of hurt are finally over. Liverpool are champions, them Reds. I do have a Broncos related question. What do you see as Joseph Jones's role for the Broncos this season and in the future? Thanks for the great coverage, guys. Go Broncos and up the Reds. Uh, congrats. Yes. To Liverpool. I now, maybe I'm being too picky here because I think if the Buffs like, went undefeated to the national championship and beat everyone by 30, I, I would have zero complaints. <laughs> but if you've got to wait 30 years for a championship, don't you feel like you want a little suspense? <laughs> wow. Yeah, you are getting picky here. I think, I think, if you, I think more if you're the, like the New England Patriots and you're in a dynasty, then you may want a little more suspense. Hmm. I don't know. They just won the whole thing with like nine games left. Oh my gosh. And it's like they, no one else ever even had a chance. So, um, which is awesome. But it just, I feel like you never, like, from like the 10th game of the season, you already knew they were going to win. Right, right. So you, the celebration kind of gets doled down over a longer period of time. During the entire COVID, where the teams weren't playing, they already knew they were the champions. Mm, that is interesting. Or, or man, if it's taken them so long, though, they probably love that. I'm sure they love it, too. And, and you don't not love it. But I'm just saying, I, I, I'll say it this way. Would I complain if the Buffs went undefeated and beat everyone by 30? Of course not. I would enjoy the hell out of it. <laughs> I would prefer they win on a game-winning drive in a close game in the, as time expires. Oh, that's and, just what I would prefer. And then all of that celebration and excitement is saved up for one moment. One moment. Yeah, and this was like explodes. spread out yeah. over the course of one of the most dominant seasons we've ever seen. So anyways, um, he asked, what, was Joseph, what is Joseph Jones' role on the Broncos? I feel like Joseph Jones is someone like a – he's probably mentioned in the second paragraph <laughs> of uh, – uh, of a CBS sports article about re-signing. Is he, uh, I don't <laughs> they, know. They got him back. Yeah. It, it, did they, did they sign it? 
I don't even know. I'll say this. He's a good special teams player. That is his role and will forever be his role. Oh, yeah. The family man is back. Of course, that's his Twitter name. He's back with the Broncos. And uh, he, unfortunately, he needs to make the team first because Broncos back-to-back years drafting versatile uh, fast athletic linebackers. And that, that's what Joseph Jones is, is he's a, he's a fast uh, lineman or linebacker with very, very good special teams abilities. So he's either going to have to take over the Andy Janovich spot on the team of being making the team from special teams, or he's going to have to prove that he can be a backup linebacker. Yes. From Tebow over Brady. Hey guys, all the talk of players who played short and short stints in Denver. Had me wondering, who is the best one-year wonder, I mean, in Broncos history? <laughs> you can view it as guys who only played one year or guys who only had one good year in Denver. It's in your name. I was going to say, let's just start with Tebow over Brady. Uh, unfortunately, Tebow was not able to get over Brady. I believe the Broncos lost 45-10 to 10 in that game. Yeah. Uh, but uh, this is, I mean, uh, can we think – Can we? Should we bring the conversation to second place? I guess. Who would that be? Because, yeah, one is easy. One really good year, like Ruben Drones? Mm, yeah, yeah. I like that. Um, Brian Dawkins was here for two years. Yep. He'd be in uh, that two-year conversation. Um, Peyton Hillis? Oh, yes. Yeah, made a Madden cover from it. Which is – that was wrong. They got that one wrong. <laughs> or the Madden curse just really did a number on him. Could be right. Exactly. Next one coming in from Hip Hip You Ray. Gents, firstly, could you make a case for Mike Shanahan to be in the Hall of Fame or at the very least the Ring of Fame? Yes. You don't even need to make a case for him to be in the Ring of Fame. The fact that he's not is, is a joke. Yeah, he should be in with that. I mean, he should be the next guy. And if they want to do a, a year of where it's just him, that would be totally acceptable. And right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so should he be in the hall of fame? I have to, uh, this is probably a better question for Mace because he probably knows a lot more about the qualifications of coaches who are in the hall of fame, but I bet you having two super bowl rings, uh, at least gets you into the conversation. I think he should have very, at the very least be in the conversation. That's exactly what I was going to say. With two Super Bowl rings, you have to be in the conversation. And he says, next, all of this talk of barbecue, and not one of you mentioned the most underrated smoked meat out there. I'm talking about the turkey. When done right, it is super juicy, smoky, and a beautiful piece of meat. Also, when Zach was talking about the sides, I was yelling, open your eyes, and saying, what about the potato salad? Anyways, rant over. Let me be very clear. Turkey is trash. (laughs) Now, I'm not talking about lunch meat turkey, which is good. And I'll be honest. If you go to a good barbecue restaurant that has smoked turkey, they know how to make it taste good. But turkey as a whole is a very is very very low on the totem pole of meats uh and again and again there's such thing as a good smoked turkey from a good barbecue restaurant it's there but it's like sixth on the list of things you should order at that restaurant i was just gonna say if you're having turkey why aren't you having something better yes <laughs> oh, that's exactly how it should be put 
And that's, that's one of the, I mean, that, that's pro this is probably the, the starting point on why the Thanksgiving meal is just an overly rated meal by far. Well, the, the main course is, is completely overrated. Everything else is pretty damn good. Uh, I would argue it's like, it's like sides heaven sides are sometimes the best thing. And you mentioned potato salad, potato salad is great, but like, I just, I have a lot of questions for someone who goes into a barbecue restaurant when there's brisket, burnt ends, and pulled pork, and, and smoked sausage, and then they see turkey, and they're like, yep, give me that. <laughs> I, I, I totally agree. I could, I could never do that. And so I think I agree with you, Ryan, and, and hip, hip, you, Ray, that I'm sure smoked turkey is the best type of turkey out there, but it it, it's like the best of the, the bottom barrel, you know? It's like the best signing by the new york jets <laughs> right. it's the alex lewis's of the world <laughs> he says finally you guys are talking about seafood being its own food but i have to ask what your guys's favorite seafood land food and air foods are my favorite seafood is scallops my land food is colorado rack of lamb cooked medium rare and my favorite air food is duck breast crispy skin and medium temperature thing of beauty go broncos and go dnvr man i gotta say hip hip you ray knows his meats uh duck far better bird than turkey anyways mm. okay favorite seafood so like anything sushi for me um but if you're making me pick one type of sushi uh my favorite is eel wow that's adventurous yeah i uh, had it when i was a kid it's been my favorite ever since with eel sauce oh yeah gotta have the eel sauce yep Eel sauce is like one of the most incredible sauces. Um, favorite land food. This one's a little bit harder for me. I guess I'd just go like chicken thighs. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm... Wow, that is not convincing. That's almost just, why don't you just say turkey at that point? So I feel like there's like a big log jam here, like steak. Right. You know. Yeah, you have uh, steak and you just went chicken thighs? Yeah. I thought, I, so... The reason why I'm not huge on steak, and I'm talking about like eating a steak, which I sometimes am in the mood for, but very not rarely compared to many other things, is that steak sauce is okay, but there's not a great way to sauce steak. And right. I just love sauce. Mm. Uh, my favorite meals all involve a great sauce. And so steak sauce, I like. And then I've got people over here trying to like shame me for having steak sauce. <laughs> when i want steak sauce i'm just like get away from me like that's this is why steak is overrated um because so, it's an expensive way to transfer sauce that's what they say yeah i guess i, I don't know i'm just i'm tired of people trying to tell me how to eat my food um, um chicken is like so versatile but what other land things are like dark horse candidates here? I have no idea. Right. It pretty much comes down to chicken steak. Um, and he obviously threw in lamb. It's good. I, I honestly haven't, I've probably had it like 10 times in my life. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely less than that. Um, I don't know. Like, like steak fajitas are amazing. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm trying, man. Carne, maybe like carne asada. Oh yeah. Okay. There that's, we go. That's pretty great. I'm just pulled pork is probably, Ooh. probably my number one right there. And okay. because I was just, trying to think of something without sauce, just to think of the, the meat and that's it. 
Okay, you you just opened my eyes to a whole new um, world. Uh, brisket, bacon. yeah. Brisket is is the best. Yeah. Um, or yeah, yeah. Just brisket, burnt ends. You know, same same sort of thing there. Um, that yeah, that's the best. I was I was missing. I knew I was missing something. It was barbecue <laughs> food. I wasn't thinking yeah. of barbecue food. <laughs> yeah, that's all I and was thinking the, about. <laughs> by the way, barbecue thicket chicken thighs better than than smoked turkey and you you almost never see that at a barbecue restaurant no no but man i I feel like it's because it's not hard to make chicken taste good and like great barbecue guys are trying to flex that they can make turkey taste good (laughs) yeah but no just don't show that you can make the worst thing taste good just make the best things taste the best Exactly. I, I'm sorry that I, I really regret saying chicken thighs. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was really just thinking of like what's in my freezer right now. Right. That's how right. I got there. Do you think you can put uh, chicken thighs in the air food category? No, you cannot. So air foods, I, I don't know what else you can go with other than duck. <laughs> I don't know either. Unless you're going with something really tiny. Like an insect. Yeah. I guess we we both got to go duck here. <laughs> yeah, duck definitely with that crispy skin, medium temperature. <laughs> That's a fun one. Triad Bronco says, "Hey y'all, squirrel is delicious." Interesting. Is that land food? Yeah, that's definitely land food. What if it's a flying squirrel? Oh, <laughs> that would be sad. They're so cute. He goes on and says, "I like big butts, and I can't not lie." AKA for Bum Talk Friday. There we go. And you were just talking about pulled pork. <laughs> yes, exactly. And he says, a quick request. Can Zach do the sign off at the end of the pod and his Gruden voice? It would butter my biscuits. <laughs> Speaking of Bum Talk, if not, hey, it's y'all's pod. Have a great weekend. I'll see myself out. God bless. And let me tell you what, man. If Ryan lets me do it, I'll do it, man. All right, I'll let you do it. Uh, Long one here for Montana Bronco. Hey, guys, I was surprised that Zach had never heard the phrase cut the mustard. It got me thinking, where did it come from? Here's a definition I found. The phrase originates from the old English craft of mustard making. The chief mustard maker or mustard ear would make their mustard in large oaken (laughs) barrels, allowing each barrel to mature for a number of months. I can't tell if he's messing with us. (laughs) I can't either. The maturing of the mustard produced a thick, leathery crust ew, at the top of the barrel that would need to be removed before the contents could be tested. The consistency of the crust would be such a specialized cutting wait would be such that a specialized cutting implement was required to remove it. Initially, a modified scythe was used, but this often led to the crust being dragged at certain points and falling into the rest of the mustard, causing it to lose some of its distinctive flavor. Over many years, a specialized blade was developed that had an extremely thin leading edge, which widened towards the center and then tapered at the trailing edge, although not to a sharp point. This allowed the blade to skim the majority of the top crust off, leaving a very thin thin slice, which would then be left on to protect the mustard. Due to the coarse, leathery nature of the top crust, uh, the blade over time would develop dull spots along its length and thus uh, required constant monitoring. When it was time to remove the top crust, the senior mustard ear <laughs> feels like a joke, would instruct his apprentice to pass him the blade and would attempt to slice through the top leathery layer. 
the mustard ear would know immediately if the blade was not sufficiently keen enough to complete the task that he would pass the blade back to the apprentice and say to him, I'm sorry, but that doesn't cut the mustard. (laughs) (laughs) The phrase has since passed on to the common usage describing anything that does not meet a certain standard. Don't give me your crap excuses. That doesn't cut the mustard. Class dismissed and have a great weekend. Wow. We definitely deserve a weekend after that. That was We just went to school, Ryan. Oh, man. That comment right there, that one cuts the mustard. <laughs> it, it was sharp enough? Yeah. Sharp as a tack. Oh, man. That was great. Another one coming in from, hey, another Montana subscriber from Count Locula. Who will lead the team in sacks, interceptions, tackles for lots, force fumbles, balls batted down, tackles, and QB pressures? Love the count. I was thinking walks based on balls. <laughs> yeah. So, right, um, sacks. Bradley Chubb. I'll go Von Miller. Interceptions. Yeah. Kareem Jackson. I'll go Justin Simmons. Tackles okay. for loss. Bradley Chubb. Bradley Chubb. Force fumbles. Von Miller. Jarrell Casey. Oh. Double B's. Balls batted. Shelby Harris. Gotta be Shelby Harris. <laughs> Tackles. Uh, AJ Johnson. Yep, I like that. And quarterback pressures. Chubb. Vaughn. Love the count. There All we right. go. Love that count. Well, All I'm right. We got through that so quickly. Real, yeah. real quickly, though, uh, have you guys ever heard of this place called Manscaped? No, what is it? Oh, okay. It's this place that has been doing something that should have been done a long time ago. Developing trimmers made for the family jewels. You know, too long you've been bringing uh, the mustard cutter down there. And it's just dangerous. That doesn't cut the mustard. Manscaped uses 7,000 RPMs to cut the mustard perfectly. And they never let you down. And what's even better is unlike most mustards, uh, actually all mustards, you can't use the code DNVR20 to get mustard, but you can use the code DNVR20 to get 20% off your entire purchase, plus free shipping. So cut the mustard and cut down the jungle, uh, get manscaped. And you may be saying to yourself, I, I need moolah in order to cut the mustard in my life, and I have the perfect place for you to go make that moolah, and that is DraftKings Sportsbook. Guys, we know the sports landscape is ever-changing, and this week is no different. But luckily for all of us, DraftKings Sportsbook, which is America's top-rated sportsbook app, has us covered. And not only do they have every single sport you could imagine to bet on, for a limited time, DraftKings is offering a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. And this weekend is full of action. From golf to European soccer, DraftKings has it all. And not only that, but head to the app now to check out these special odds and promotions that will be available throughout the weekend to help you make it rain that moolah that you need to cut the mustard. They're based right here in the U.S. and not offshore, so you know that your funds are safe and secure, and you can deposit and withdraw those funds at your convenience. So head to DraftKings for their best sign-up offer to date and download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use that code DNVR when you sign up. And for a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. So don't forget, enter the code DNVR and get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 
Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. DraftKings cuts the hell out of the mustard. <laughs> it does. And your, your betting's been cutting the hell out of the mustard, hasn't it? Uh, I'm bouncing back. I was on the cold streak of a lifetime. Now I'm, I'm slowly but surely climbing out of the hole. Ah, sharpening that mustard knife. Climbing out of the old mustard barrel. <laughs> covered, in, <laughs> covered in mustard. <laughs> wow, oh that God. is quite a sight to think of. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> <laughs> For Am I Right or Amarillo, on the discussion of birds that fly that you'd want to eat, pheasant is amazing. I prefer it breaded and baked. Mm. You know, I wasn't sure about the... F- I guess you you hunt pheasants, so they definitely fly a lot. Every picture I've ever seen of a pheasant was it standing. I've never. I don't think I've ever seen one in real life. Yeah, I've. Uh, I agree. I I, I bet that, I bet Amaretta or Amarilla makes a great breaded and baked pheasant, though. Look at that picture of him. That was like <laughs> right after he just gathered a pheasant. Yes, to prepare was. for his family. That is the guy I want making my pheasant. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I feel like pheasants are the flamingos of the West. Oh, wow. Okay. Just yeah. always long legs and standing? Well, they don't really have long legs, but I just, you only ever see them standing. You know, when's the last <laughs> time you saw a picture of a flamingo flying? No, no. no. Do they fly? Yes. Is that a stupid question? Okay. It okay. kind of is, yeah. <laughs> Do you know why they're pink? No. But from the shrimp that they eat. No way. Yeah. That many shrimp, huh? That's all they eat. If wow. you only ate shrimp, you'd probably turn pink. <laughs> wow. So they're, they're eating cooked shrimp then, because raw shrimp isn't pink. Well. They're frying it up in the. <laughs> <laughs> they're preparing it breaded and baked. <laughs> alongside some nice pheasant. <laughs> um. You should look that up. I, I think what I just said was right. <laughs> I bet Amaret or Amarillo comes in and says that is not right. Or he'll give us the facts. <laughs> let's, let's just double check. Why are shrimp pink? <laughs> or, sorry, why are flamingos pink? My guess is because of all the shrimp they eat. Oh, incorrect. <laughs> whoa, oh, oh, wait, 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 oh, wait, wait. Some conflicting information. Okay. The bright pink color of flamingos comes from beta carotene a red orange pigment that's found in high numbers within the algae larva and brine shrimp that flamingos eat in their wetland environment to actually uh color the physical attributes carotenoids must be ingested in very large amounts so zach you better start crushing shrimp (laughs) if you want to turn pink so it is from shrimp kind of yeah i've also heard you can um turn orange if you drink too much carrot juice Yes, I've I've heard one of the best looking tans out there is from eating too many carrots. It's like a it's like a beautiful glow. Mm. 
Yeah. Seems unhealthy if you're eating so much of something that's changing the color of your skin. <laughs> I'm probably, you're probably right. <laughs> the other Ryan says, my boys, happy feel good Friday slash fired up Friday. So I squeaky talk or squeaky bum talk Friday. He the forgot dis- about freaking pissed Friday. Yeah. And we were certainly freaking pissed earlier. The discussion about the Broncos division rivals and Melvin Gordon this week reminded me of the previous chatter on this podcast about the uh, incestuous relationship amongst AFC West teams signing players who played for other teams within the division. What are your top three and worst three free agent signings by the Broncos of former AFC West foes? I will go with Neil Smith, Anthony Miller. He had a phenomenal 95 season before falling out of favor with Mike Shanahan and Darian Gordon, who was a major contributor to the back-to-back Super Bowl winning teams in 97 and 98. Honorable mentions go to Casey Wingham and Shelby Harris. Uh, my least favorite interdivisional signings have to be Dale Carter, Rod Bernstein, who was solid in his first season with the Broncos in 93 before the wheels fell off in the two final seasons of his career and Jamal Charles because he was worn down and the Broncos coaching staff mishandled his use and with their haphazard game plans at running back position that season. Bonus question. What happens if the Raiders do not match the Broncos offer to Tim Brown in March, 1994? Have a wonderful weekend and stay safe. DNV army salute. Mace, uh, what do you think? Oh, oh, he's not here. Uh, I'll go with Neil Smith, Melvin Gordon. Oh. Predicting a little bit here. Mm. And Shelby Harris. And I'll ride uh, – I don't uh, – Jamal Charles did kind of suck. Yeah. Um, I literally cannot get the vision of, in my mind out of Jamal Charles bouncing to the outside, cutting up field, and then – Marcus Peters just comes and just rips the ball right out of his hands. Like not even, uh, it looks so easy. And that was, that was pretty much the end for Jamal Charles. Yeah. And the coaching staff just never really wanted to ride him. It was like they were saving him for what it, it didn't make sense. So that has to be up there, especially with how much hope and promise he brought. And then remember he told me he wanted to be released and they wouldn't release him. Yes. Yes. But, uh, yeah, that was, that was bad. Wasn't he inactive for, like, the last three weeks? Yeah, they weren't even trying to use him. Oh, God, that was terrible. What were they doing? They did him dirty. Yeah, this was, like, shortly thereafter. Isaiah McKenzie, like, freaked out to me because Vance Joseph told the media he was benched before he told him. <laughs> yep. And that's uh, that. Whoa, whoa. He may have not meant that, though, Ryan. Oh, you it's know. true. Was he, was he sure that the recorder was on, Zach? <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, that that you know, there were some red flags there for uh, Vance Joseph pretty early on. Yes, there certainly were. There certainly were. And Ryan, I liked your list. I'm going with that as well. <laughs> From Thick Fangio, my dudes. I'm honored to invite you to your Carolina barbecue tour. And just know there is a hundred percent chance that I will take you up on that as I only live one state away in Virginia. No question. Just keep saying thick and I miss Jano. (laughs) Well, we did have some Jano talk for you today. So I'm sure you had to enjoy that, except the fact that we said he was a worse deal than Jarrell Casey. So I'm sorry for that. All right. We've got a a serious one here from LDJ. Uh, So listen up. He says, hey, guys, I've been listening every day, but I felt like I was expressing so many heavy things that I shouldn't comment, but I'm sorry. Elijah McClain has been heavy on the heart all week. He's been a part of the Broncos country 
family. His whole family is. And I imagine because you guys are so awesome that they're a DNVR family as well. Too many times in these situations, they try to tear down the victim. But Lord Jesus, this kid, this sweet, sweet, smart, compassionate, incredible kid who had no criminal history, no drug-related history, no suspicion, nothing, was murdered. And nobody has done anything. This is why I get so angry at John Elway. This happened in Aurora. And he uses his power and influence to maintain his interest and ignore stuff like this in his own backyard. And I don't expect Elway to be an activist, but I also don't expect him to get in the way of things as he did with his false narratives with Kaepernick. I hope the players are going to pay respect to Elijah as he was a huge Broncos fan uh, and keep his name alive. Thanks for your post today, Ryan. You're right. Why does it take all of this to do the right thing? In the words of Von Miller, it is always the right time to do the right thing. Shouldn't have taken this long. Hashtag justice for Elijah McClain. And yes, uh, Governor Polis announced yesterday that they're reopening the investigation. But as I said on Twitter, and, and this is not, you know, um, uh, you know, unique to this situation, but it's just, why does it, why does it require so much action, so much activism, so many people's voices to get a chance at a little bit of justice? That seems wrong to me. And, and this is a, a sharp turn from the way the podcast has been today, but maybe it's a, you know, just something to think about as the weekend goes on. I'm glad this has happened. I hope we can get to a point where it doesn't require 2 million signatures uh, to, to have an investigation. And again, this, there's no guarantee of justice. This is just to get a chance at justice. Yeah, absolutely, Ryan. And that's something that had, I've thought of every single day is why, why does there even need to be campaigns for the, for this type of stuff? It, it doesn't make sense, but there, there does need to be. Uh, clearly, as we're finding out. So I'm happy that those campaigns um, are, are happening. And it's clear that everyone's voice is being heard. You know, if everyone were to take the same approach of, I'll just let the, the next guy do it, the next guy or girl do it, then this wouldn't be happening. So it, it really shows how powerful and an awesome tool of social media, not just for spreading the word, but for spreading the messages about where protests are and what's happening in order to, to uh, make these public figures take action. Uh, and, and LDJ, you, you said you hope that the Broncos uh, players are are going to honor Elijah McClain, especially since he was in our backyard. Um, that that was one of the names that was chanted during the Broncos march, um, what was Elijah McClain. So just in case you weren't able to see that, uh, that, that may bring uh, a, a little bit of uh, perspective that that they were saying his name yeah absolutely and I think Zach you make such a great point there um, it's working you know a lot of people are out there fighting the good fight uh, and everyone you know whether your role is small or large who ha has you know tried to fight the good fight like I just mentioned it's working so 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 keep fighting you know there's it's worth it um, and I think that's a, a good place for us to end on this Friday. Really fun podcast, but also sometimes it's nice to have a little bit of perspective after, you, you know, after something like that. So we got it all today. And uh, I really, really enjoyed this one, Zach. I thought it was, it was one of our best in a while, especially in terms of throwback podcasts. Really, really threw it back today. Uh, and I love that. So to finish up things, just want to remind you guys, uh, if you're getting set up for the weekend, if you're, if you're getting a little early stash for July 4th coming up next week, uh, great time to head down to Davidson's. They've got two locations, one in Centennial, one in Highlands Ranch. They're locally owned. They have a massive selection. 
They've got everything, and they've especially got Breck Brews. So make sure you head over to Davidson's and get stocked up today. That's going to wrap it up for us this week on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Zach, have a great weekend, my man, and we'll talk to you guys on Monday.